0: in podcast land. I am super excited to be back for another episode of everyone and I do mean everyone's favorite podcast. Take it Kevin. TV channeling. Annaly. 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 As I flap my wings you know what I'm imagining I'm a bird and you know how they get farther away so as your voice goes Annaly I'm like farther (laughs) away
1: it's a bird. Tachi you are like a bird you'll only fly away. You don't know where your soul
0: lives. I don't know where my soul lives. Anyway. <laughs> if you didn't get it by now, I'm Tachi. And I'm still Kevin. Oh, Still Kevin. And we've got an exciting show for you today. Why don't you tell the people what they've won, Kevin? Okay,
1: I am super psyched about this show because we're talking about two very buzzed about shows we're talking about uh we're actually not just talking about it we're actually reviewing uh the saved by the bell reboot saved by the bell 2020 the 90s are back y'all and we'll be going in depth into them and bravo reached out to us because they wanted us to talk about the brand new housewife coming to the real housewives of atlanta so they sent us the first episode of season 13 can you believe 13. it's been 13 seasons of 13 real housewives
0: i i cannot it it seems like just yesterday they were all trying to be tardy for the party but you know <laughs> <laughs> time so anyway, flies
1: we will be getting into all of that ratchetness later in the show but first up let's talk about the reboot of saved by the bell all right, so let me give the synopsis for uh, this version of Saved by the Bell, and then we will discuss. All right, a follow-up uh, series to the 1990 sitcom. A group of California low-income high school students are transferred to Pacific Palisades wealthy Bayside High, following a program by California Governor Zach. Morris, All right, Tachi, what did you think of Saved by the Bell 2020?
0: Well, Zach Morris as governor is right in keeping with the wackadoo four years that we had. <laughs> so. <laughs> That really is right in keeping, so I wasn't really surprised. I well, you know, First of all, let, let me talk about the look of this. So back when it was shot in the 90s, it was shot on video, and you know there was a transition that was happening between a lot of sitcoms shooting on film and transitioning to to video and so that had really started to happen in the 80s right where you started to see that so now we're in the in the 90s and you start to see fully video you know very rarely would you see um a a lot of sitcoms shot uh with film some were still but you know they were doing this video thing so Albeit, I'm sure they're still shooting with video, they're shooting with very high-resolution cinema-style video. So it has a different feel and a different quality film-wise, if that makes sense. So I noticed that right away. Obviously, as a filmmaker, I'm looking at all of that type of thing. And so it's interesting. Did you notice that Bayside is the same set? But did you notice that Bayside looks different because of what they the format they shot it in?
1: Well, okay, I think that they the set has to be somewhat bigger because there is a shot of like the the entryway to the school that seems so much more expansive than the original show. Uh, where it's actually like a two uh it's actually like two uh uh stories the entryway to the school so i think that they've kind of played it looks similar to it how it looked before but i think that this is not the same scent
0: no that... no no. i don't mean the same set in terms of they just took it from the 90s and put it here but the same look so oh yeah no it, no yeah. it
1: absolutely what i was really surprised by is the max they kept the max exactly the same vibe completely they didn't update it at all and so that was kind of a surprise the look of the uh, the max being the place that the kids go after school to hang out um let's talk a little bit about the the first surprise for me was knowing exactly where bayside high was. I never knew where they went where they were because they, they always were clear they lived in southern california and they were in they lived in bayside and they went to school at bayside high. But now they've said that bayside high is in pacific palisades, an incredibly wealthy area of southern california. So, I feel like the kids were always portrayed as being middle class before, but now these kids are being portrayed as being like very well super
0: rich but okay so here's the thing because you know demographics can change so if you think about it think about at the time in the 90s uh maybe it was you live in southern california so you could tell me better than i could tell you what the demographic shift or change was so it could be you know how you get um, for example in areas that are being gentrified the income starts to go up, and so you start to see different things, and you start to see more uh, rich people, etc., in the area than okay, you would before. Okay, first of all,
1: Tachi, I love how you're, you're giving this show way more credit than it, it deserves. Basically, Look. what I feel, I feel what the producers uh, or the writers decided to do is, they wanted to have more of a contrast. So if you're gonna have inner city kids, it's not enough to have these inner city kids go to a neighborhood of middle class kids. They wanna have these kids be uber wealthy. These are the kids that are now hanging out with the Kardashians. Um, these kids are uh, have um, you know LeBron James's number on speed dial, so <laughs> that and they're they're in their phone. So that's they want to have a huge contrast between the kids that are from the wrong side of the tracks versus the kids that are uh, that are uber rich now. So that's to me what they've done. The original show, the kids were middle class kids. Those kids were not kicking it with you know the Hiltons and all that kind of stuff, and the original. Show.
0: Right? No, absolutely not. But you know what? I I don't feel like they needed to do that to make more of a contrast, as you say. They or should not have needed to do that because if you are from certain areas, the uh, low income areas. Middle class is still going to be—it's—it's it's a, a huge, huge gulf.
1: It's a huge gulf. Exactly. And so I, I,
0: I feel like they actually went too far by having
1: the kid. In fact, one of the kids in the school is actually a reality show star who had her own show. She's actually a transgender. Uh, we have a transgender character, and yes. her name is Lexi. And yes. Lexi had her own show, like becoming Lexi. And so, um, I love the idea that they we were talking. About. It, was, it was. And so one of the kids was like, oh yeah, she had her own. Show show was called becoming lexi it was about her journey as a transgender teen and her hot uh, her incredibly hot supportive friends and so (laughs) just
0: like
1: like, oh my god so there really is a huge gulf between the kids that are coming from the inner city so the whole idea is governor uh, Zach Morris actually to cut the budget and to give a, a sweet a sweet deal uh, 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 to the fossil fuel industry he's cut the uh, school's uh, budget by over like 10 billion dollars so there's been a lot of school closures including this one uh low income school, high school gets closed, the kids are actually in class when the school is closed and they're told to get out so which I thought was a bit much wouldn't they have a little yeah. bit of for, for what they wouldn't be told during an assembly by the way you're like pack it up and they're, t- they're taking the podium away and everything um so <laughs> it, yeah no
0: was... go uh, ahead well it's unrealistic but i think that's also the point because if you think back to Save by the bell in the from the 90s there was a lot of unrealistic ish that used to go on <laughs> so to me it's just right in keeping with the stuff that they did just a continuum of Save by the bell the original in my eyes
1: all right, so let's talk about who's in the cast. Uh, the we only have two regular members of the original cast that have made it to be regulars, you know, on this version of the show. Even though we do see Zach and we do see uh, uh, Tith, uh, Tiffany Amber Theisen, uh, sh- apparently she is his wife. Uh, yes, they, he ended up marrying Kelly, and yes. they're uh they and they have a son named Mac who goes to Bayside High, and yes. Um, Uh, let's see so we have mario lopez is a regular uh on this version of the show and then from showgirls
0: what is her name um she's jesse jessica Spano on the the show but i'm trying to remember her name in real life i'll find it
1: okay well anyway um whoever she is in real life um (laughs) she is what that's a damn shame (laughs) I feel bad I can't remember her name either but anyway she was kind of infamous for a while Um,
0: what is her name right she was in showgirls
1: yeah that's what I know her from Uh, but anyway um. So anyway, they're the two that uh, are actually going to be regulars week in, week out. They will ah, be on the show. Here's her
0: name, Elizabeth Berkeley. Thank
1: you. Elizabeth Berkeley is actually the school guidance counselor, and uh, Mario Lopez is the school's uh, PE teacher and football coach.
0: You know what? You're 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 a little right about the ridiculousness of the opulence because <laughs> they have some middle class jobs now, which makes sense for if that that makes a lot of sense it does well, we,
1: uh, and also what I love is Elizabeth Berkeley, Apparently, her character Jesse has written some books. So they, there's actually some nods to the original show because she wrote a book called "I'm So yes! Excited <laughs> About Being a Parent" or whatever. Because you know the famous scene when she when she uh, does some like you know uh, speed uh, and she gets uh, starts
0: singing the song "I'm So Excited, I'm So excite- and Excited," and then she just breaks down, and then she <laughs> says, "I'm so scared." Because so the name of the book is called "I'm So Excited, I'm So Scared." Yeah, about being a new. <laughs> I, Parent or something like that. I just yes. thought that was hysterical. That, that was, was actually,
1: hilarious. That was really funny. And then at one point, there's a new student named Daisy, and she's too her her um um she's too poor to have like an iPhone or an iPad, but her mother got her this giant <laughs> '90s era uh, cell phone. This this giant brick that she keeps in her backpack that must weigh like 20 pounds, and that's that's a nod to the phone that actually Zach got at one point on the original show. So, yes,
0: and I thought it was just going to be, you know how they make these quick jokes and you never see it again. You know, no, we, we saw it she later. She ta- answers the
1: phone. <laughs> Some
0: people on that phone
1: I'm like, yes. oh my God. Yes. And so let's say something about, so Daisy actually was an honor student at the her uh, inner city school that just closed, but um, uh, because of the curriculum there, she is not considered an honor student coming over to Bayside. So she's having a hard time adjusting to her new school and um so you have that you have the culture clash so you actually have uh like three kids that are the kids that are coming from the inner city and then you have uh their counterparts the rich kids that live in bayside so at one point elizabeth berkeley comes up with the idea to help the kids adjust because oh there's one scene where there is a um there is a PTA meeting and yes. um, there is a, a, one of the te- one of the fa- one of the family members is concerned about these kids that are coming in. And she was saying how she read on Facebook that um, that that there uh, there's about the kids that go to that school, that they're a part of an underground uh, underground sex cult where the kids smoke baby Yoda and worship yes. YouTube <laughs> demon Mono. Uh, Mo- yes. Momo. 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 So just, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was cute. And then, um, so anyway, so she just likes to come up with this idea that there'll be buddies. So each kid who's a Bayside kid will get an inner city kid as their buddy to kind of acclimate them into school. So let's talk about the the uh, kids and the, the inner city kids and their upper crust buddies. So uh, we have um, um, Aisha mm-hmm. uh, uh, from the inner city. Her buddy, uh, she's a African-American girl. Her uh, buddy is... Is Jamie the son who uh, who's a dumb jock of uh, Jesse and then we have uh, Devonte, and his buddy is Lexi like I said before the uh-huh. reality star of becoming Lexi a transgender teen from from boy to girl and then we have um, uh, Daisy who I talked about earlier her buddy mm-hmm. is Governor Zach's son Mac And um, so we got, so we have uh, already some kind of tension happening because like, um, what's her name? Um, Aisha. Aisha basically has instantly is attracted to um, Jamie, the son of of Jesse. But what was interesting is again, I'm going to sound super old and super grandpa-y, but I don't care. At one point, daisy uh when she's asking her friend aisha you know she can't believe that she likes this school and uh, the the new school because daisy is not feeling it and daisy says well i don't think you really like this school because i think you're just digmatized by um you know jamie and i'm like wait can we say
0: digmatized on a kid show i was about to ask you i because i didn't rewind but i was like Is that what she said? I said, yes, she did. I, I,
1: unlike you, I went back. I'm like, I need to hear this again because I don't think I had like enough coffee or something. What did she say? And no, she said, dickmatized. And I'm
0: like, okay. Um, To me, that's a little too much, but... Yeah, I... Okay, I was like, I don't... Yeah, all right.
1: Because I'm like, who was this show aimed at? Because after seeing the episode, I don't think it's aimed at people who watch the original show that are going to be sitting there week in, week out, watching this new version of it. This is very much for... uh, I don't even think it's for the kids of the age that are being portrayed. Kids that are like 15, 16. I think this is for like tweens. I think this show is for, for kids... Uh, that are like 11, 10 are going to watch this uh, thinking about what, Not what if the, they're talking they're gonna...
0: about being digmatized
1: I know that's what I'm because well, the jokes to me in the show clearly to me are, are aimed squarely at people that are like uh I'd say 10 to like 13 is what to me I thought the show was aiming at because the jokes are pretty lame and pretty simplistic. The humor and so pretty, pretty broad, pretty like it basically like Disney Channel humor. Um, like uh, it's uh, very
0: uh, Disney Channel, exactly. Yes.
1: It's that kind of humor. It's kind of like it's Nick Nickelodeon kind of humor, that broad, big kind of jokes. They're just super, you know. Tell they're anyway, just they're silly. They're broad. Um, even though there isn't a laugh track, you can feel them waiting for the laughter. You know, yes. there's like there's a pause almost. And one thing I will say, Daisy is actually taking the uh, taking over, which I thought was a nice choice to be the narrator of the show. So just like Zach used to be able to do this timeout thing where he would turn directly to camera and talk to us, the audience. Daisy is doing that, not his son Mac, which was interesting because she's the fish out of water Yeah, and so I thought that was an interesting choice. Another interesting choice that I liked was uh, one of the reasons why um, I can't remember what his character's name is, but um What's his Mario Lopez's character being the football coach? He's excited about these kids Slater. coming from the inter- Slater is excited because he thinks there's he's going to get some football prospects. So the moment he lays eyes on Devontae, who's taller than him and a, uh, a, a decent-sized kid, he's assuming that he's going to be a football player and get him on the team. He reaches out to him, trying to win him over, and um, in the end, uh, the Devonte makes a choice that's different from the choice we thought was good i thought it was obviously he was going to be on the football team and he makes he zigs when i thought he was going to zag and uh, someone else ends up on the football team which was actually a surprise and i thought that was actually nice
0: that was actually a very nice transition because you expected (laughs) <laughs> you know that from him but then it ends up being a different choice which i really liked. there was something that i wanted to to mention in terms of the joke this i found funny this i found hilarious so there, the big thing is parking spaces right so this is always the way at, at schools where there's a lot of wealth the students drive way better cars than the teachers. the teachers i know what you're gonna say now then so they're talking about this parking space so lexi and mac are fighting over this uh, parking space which uh leads them to want to uh run for student council government is it no 10th sophomore? The president year, the student council president pre- student council president right for the sophomore class or whatever so yeah they, it leads them to want to do that but they're only doing it because they want that parking space so um, <laughs> zach goes to the president i can't remember the principal's name not can't building even. that's the old one. But Zach goes to the principal and he's uh, you know tried to get um the space and he says he was like well you know why why don't you just give up the space? Why don't you Uber into work, you know, Uber into work? And he says, Mr. Morris, my car is already an Uber, <laughs> which means he's already driving for Uber because teachers make such piss poor money, he's already driving for Uber. And I was like, Wow hilarious and sad at the same time
1: <laughs> oh obviously no, oh, oh, what i thought you were going to say was at one point when the kids are coming to the the inner city kids are getting off the bus and they're coming into bayside for the first time the uh daisy and aisha are looking at all these yeah. incredible sports cars That's in the parking the, lot yeah and they're like oh my god these kids are so rich these cars are crazy it looks like a like a rap video and so then then um uh daisy out, oh but look at that those, those cars over there they don't they don't look that uh they look Pretty crappy, and so then I go, "Oh, that's the teachers' parking teacher's
0: lot." Parking thing.
1: <laughs> so I thought that was what you were gonna say. So no, that was one of the the better lines of the show. What I will give credit to the show, even though the the jokes are pretty hacky, I was surprised as 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 broad and as silly as a lot of the show was that. They actually did talk about the idea of privilege in a real way, and there's this whole thing about how Daisy wanted to run for student president because she was going to run in her high school before they closed closed it down, and she wanted to actually make it easier for kids like her because one of the things is she wanted to get her school books, and what they the because the school is you know the kids that normally go there are very wealthy, they don't actually have school books. What you do is you download all of the books to your iPad which she does not have an iPad mm-hmm. and so um there's this whole thing where she uh th- th- to to be able to even run for student government, you have to like uh uh put up posters. So she didn't have money to get the posters and she ends up having to beg this guy. She goes to the public library and all of the copy machines are
0: broken. What, she what, goes, one says will never be fixed. Well <laughs> yeah, yeah it's
1: labeled one says like you know out of order for now and the other one's yes. like never will be fixed. And then exactly and so then she goes to like a Kinkos type place and she doesn't have enough money to pay for all the copies and she's with her little brother and so um she's like I only have ten dollars and so someone in line behind her says like oh my god give her a break she's a single mom
0: and so she, <laughs> she hugs a little brother. She's
1: like yeah you can't say no to this face and exactly. so uh, he lets her go with the copies and um but anyway when she gets to school she sees that the, the walls are plastered with these professional posters of lexi and mac and so she throws her like you know kinko's posters in the trash and the and the kids are like you don't have a poster guy
0: exactly so, at the same time
1: they <laughs> yeah and then I, I love the fact that now one of the jokes that actually I will say was funny was when and Mac uh, so basically because Mac and uh, um lexi are so desperate to get this uh, incredible parking space that they're they're running hard to get this presidency that uh zach has basically got lebron james coming over to hand out campaign buttons and then lexi goes she goes well i have one of the kardashians coming by later too and so then he goes is it rob and she goes he's still
0: one of the family exactly so- <laughs> <laughs> that was so good no, that, that was good. I wanted to look at one of the the more serious moments because the the thing that they do, like you said, in a really good way is look at the idea of privilege. They look at the whole concept of the have versus the have not. And these are really, you know, real things. That The fact that, uh, not President Morris, Governor Morris actually said, oh, well, we'll just stick them in schools. But there was no thought to, you, had, you all had all these PTA meetings and stuff, but there was no thought to, okay, um, Let's make sure they have iPads if they have what they need to be successful. Exactly. And that's, that's really a real concern in the in the real world, really real in the real world. But, yeah, it is a it's a triple real concern in the real world. And so I, you know, obviously they they didn't deal with it the way they could have. But that's also what happens in the real world. So and to me, I saw it as a metaphor for that. But I like when the principal, you know, they I know what you're going to say that that got, was
1: the part that really actually moved me. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> that uh, when the principal came, uh, well, she was discouraged about running, you know, anymore and uh, did not want to run because she saw that, you know, basically she could not get ahead, that the kids with privilege were always going to be 10,000 steps ahead of her. So he said, basically, there's one thing that they do get right, basically, that they don't apologize for sitting at the table. So you go and get your seat at the table that was perfect i loved that moment because that's something that honestly i seriously always say to people that you can't wait to be invited you just sit down at the table and when people look at you it's like oh was i not supposed to sit here moving on and sometimes i think that people uh, especially you know younger people that don't have the same privilege as others. There's almost an apologetic nature for taking up space and you cannot apologize for taking up space. You deserve to be there just as much, if not more <laughs> than some of the, some of these kids that don't appreciate it or are being lazy about it because it's handed to them. So I loved that he said that.
1: Yeah, because they normally have the principal as an ineffective kind of uh, buffoon, buffoon. A bumbling the, the, fool, yes. But the, he had a real moment with her because of the fact that she kind of felt like the presidency just kind of was handed to her. And she was he was telling, yeah, these these kids make no apologies when things are handed to them. This is being handed to you. You take this ball and you run with it. Correct. You do something with it. And it was really a nice moment. And um, it, it got real, the show that's so farcical and so silly, that that moment it got very real.
0: It it was an excellent lesson because it's it it's something that needs to be heard and that's honestly that you need to say that to to some to some children to children. Students. And
1: speaking of the whole idea of privilege and the ridiculousness, the gulf between these kids, at one point um is explaining to the very rich kids at the school that uh she wasn't able to do sports anymore because they had cut the girls' sports program because they just didn't have the money for it. And so Lexi asked her like, well, why didn't you just have a fundraiser and ask Rita Wilson to sing? Because then Tom Hanks will have to show up. <laughs> exactly. It was like, that's a great idea, Lexi. We should have done
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's, um it's really interesting. It's really an interesting take on this 90s show in terms of what they did with it there you know Obviously, there's some things that, that that are hokey, but it was a hokey show to begin with. So I, you know, unless they turned it into a drama, you know, as we so love on TV channeling, unless they, <laughs> <laughs> unless they turned it into a drama, I don't see how they could really. No, I know, I you're right. There, there, It actually is. It's a balancing
1: act as far as in trying to make the show what it was, like it was before, the kind of silliness that it was before, but also move it into a new. Uh, era and actually have it be relevant to some kids lives in some kinds of ways and so I th- I actually think that they succeeded at least in the first episode we we, we watched the pilot and I thought that they, it was successful in that trying to balance between the silliness and trying to show that there that there are kids out there that don't everybody doesn't have the start at the same starting place that w- the whole the idea of life being a race we don't all start at the same starting line you know if you happen to be born your father is the governor or you happen to be born in and uh, pacific palisades you're gonna have a much you're gonna be way ahead of uh in the race the moment you come out of the womb
0: exactly absolutely absolutely so yeah all
1: right it's time for me to ask you the question i love to ask Tanchi. When it comes to Peacock's Saved by the Bell 2020, are you going to keep watching or change the channel?
0: Now, this is interesting because you know how I can't stand teen shows because there's too much <laughs> stupidity and angst going on. But this was not angsty at all. And it was actually an enjoyable watch despite the the hokiness of some of the jokes and, and the unrealistic nature of some of the situations. But it was actually an enjoyable, you know, while I, I enjoyed it, you need. I mean, after all, everything that has happened, I think this was a nice, light, fun romp on the high school side (laughs) Uh, a a,
1: a romp at bayside beach
0: a romp at bayside beach there you go that being said it is very disney-ish as you said like disney channel disney plus disney what did you say disney channel Channel.
1: except for the whole digmatized thing yes
0: that okay that threw me the hell off um but it it was very disney-ish or disney channel-ish except for that Part of it. And so it seems like I am not necessarily the target audience for that. It's not people who used to watch Saved by the Bell in the 90s. That is not the target audience. The target audience is a new generation. Uh, Because if that were the case, if it was for us, there would be a lot more in terms of the old cast there. But they're peppered in throughout, and the focus is really more so on the new cast. So it's not for me. So with that being said, I probably won't, you know, get up and set my alarm to watch it. (laughs) If it happens to be on and I happen to be watching Peacock, maybe, you know, I will take a glance at it. But, you know, to be a a serious watcher of it, probably not because it's not I'm not the audience. I'm not the intended audience. So that's my take. So you, sir, Sir Kevin, when it comes to Peacock's Saved by the Bell. The new gen. What is it called? Is it the new say by the? It should called Save by the Bell, and I call it Say by the Bell twenty
1: twenty. <laughs> okay,
0: so. say Saved- I always say the new Say by the Bell, the new generation, <laughs> the, the next what? class, <laughs> the, the next class, exactly, <laughs> class, <laughs> the new class. When it comes to that. Will you keep watching or will you change the channel? Oh, you know what
1: you're thinking. You're thinking of Degrassi. De- Degrassi, the next generation. De- new
0: generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly.
1: Um. Yeah. You know what? Um. I, like I said before. I was surprised that it actually did have some substance to it at the very end of it. I thought, wow. Okay. Was it? it was a nice little interesting kind of take at the very end with the three inner city kids. The choices that they were making were interesting. Um. Oh, one other thing I do want to add. Okay. i like the fact that the inner city kids aren't hood. Yeah, I I thought that the the way they presented them, they were just like they were kids, like any other kids. They just happened to be poor. They weren't they weren't all street. They weren't throwing f- gang signs. Even though I will say the earrings they put on Aisha were a bit around the way at one point. Uh, uh, too
0: bambooish. That, <laughs> uh, other than that, I. <laughs> I. But okay, but let me add to that. Uh, if you do grow up in in the inner city and you 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 take heed to inner city fashion and inner city style um so i'll just say that i'm not saying it's uh culturally accurate i'm just saying that it would make sense that you dress the way that of the fashions the way you see your peers dressing so now that
1: that's that's a fair point but uh, but i like the fact that they, they did not make the kids the way the kids speak on the show that are from the inner city they didn't have them well like, yo 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 they, none of that i'm so i was very pleased with that um so it was an interesting take again like you i am not the target audience for this i do say i do think that i will peek in on it again because there was a whole controversy initially when the show was announced that uh the actress who played lisa lark i can't remember what her last name Lark Voorhees okay thank you Lark Voorhees wasn't asked to be a part of it and so she was publicly not happy about that and she told Dr. Oz for some reason she was talking to Dr. Oz about it <laughs> and so um, since then it's been uh, uh, rectified that she will be in an episode of the reboot and so I will, I'd like to see how they use her because she's had some challenges with her mental health and so I'd be yes. curious to see how they in fact bring her back and how they uh, use her on the show so I'll be curious about that that. But yeah, a day weekend week out. I don't see this as being a show for me that I would be interested in watching on on a regular basis. But I do think, again, I feel like a grandpa saying this I for young kids. And again, just like the we don't even use language like that on our show. And we're both adults. We don't use language like uh digmatized on our show on a regular basis. Except for now where I can't stop saying it. But anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think I've ever said that word to be honest.
1: So So, This is a uh, new experience. yeah so the idea that um it's for young kids it is i feel like it's it is for young kids some of the things the joke because at one point there's uh zach makes some kind of joke about having a three-way with some other girls that go to the school some two girls that go to the school i felt like but you know this it's 2020 and this is the kind of things that kids talk about and again it wouldn't bother me as much if it were a drama because i felt like it, would, it may be for kids that were actually that age what I'm saying, my only concern about this is, I don't think that this show is attractive uh, to kids that are like 15, 16. They're not going to be, they're not going to watch something like this. They're going to be watching Riverdale. I, I feel like this show yeah. is is basically p- targeted to like tweens, and I feel like. Having tweens hear jokes about three ways and digmatized or dig, dig, uh, hypno hypnosis or something—I don't know—I feel uncomfortable. But again, I'm like a—I know I'm like a gramp. I know I sound super old saying this, but it—it it makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel like if you're going to choose your lane, you can basically do what you're doing without falling to that kind of humor
0: i agree i, I think that was unnecessary you, she could have said something else besides that because that just could no, and, and here's the thing that doesn't mean that that's not real we know high school kids We know how they behave. We know what happens. So not saying that that's not part of the high school experience, but for something like this, I think that was a little too much. And it was so, it sticks out so much because it was not, that is not really the way the show is from this pilot that we could see that it's written. So it stuck out like, wait, wait, what? You went from jokes and now you're talking about this? so it was a little oddly placed
1: yeah exactly so but uh, but i will check back to see how lark's debut on the show
0: yeah i do want to see that
1: all right so let's move on to atlanta the real housewives of atlanta season 13 premieres on sunday december 6th oh did i say did i mention did i already mention when um uh did I already say uh, mention the fact that Saved by the Bell uh, premieres on Peacock on uh, Wednesday, November twenty fifth? If did I did not saying it now, all now. right. So let's move back to Atlanta again. <laughs>
0: so can, can, can I give? Remember last time I did not give a tagline because somehow I missed that assignment. Yes. So it's not necessarily for me, but it's a tagline for them. Um, they could be like. They say that 13 is an unlucky number, but we've been on for 13 seasons, so who's unlucky now, Real Housewives of Potomac? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God.
1: Um, I I actually wonder if the Housewives actually feel kind of a a rivalry with some of the other... Uh, oh, I bet.
0: No, let me tell you, I bet you. Well, they could be best of friends, but I bet you there's a little uh, rivalry between Potomac and um, Atlanta. Atlanta. I bet. Yeah. Just because of uh, again, they all have this level of opulence. Again, I had no idea that Salt, Salt Lake City was rolling like that. But um, there's this little and, and I'll, I'll say it because Atlanta is a black mecca. DC area is a black mecca so it it kind of feels like there's this little maybe friendly competition but it feels like there's this little competition who knows well
1: the competition is game set and match I gotta give it up to Salt Lake City because when it comes to the the opulence or whatever they are rolling in the deep with Adele they're throwing that money around
0: mm -hmm, the Mormon church is good for folks I guess
1: on that show so Mm. take that uh, uh, Atlanta and Potomac so I don't get a Potomac's opulence is just like wah
0: wah. So. It, it yeah, you know what? Potomac is here's the thing the DC area DC Maryland Virginia remember it's government so it's a little more conservative in terms of the way they do think. they don't have like the super rich opulence way of so they are people with money but they don't flaunt it like an la does they don't Oh, but, flaunt oh, but it they flaunt like those does. They
1: flaunt those crazy ass weaves and we- oh my god the hair it's just like literally it's just like they're walking around like with Barbie hair or something like a little girl want to brush it or something it's just like it is insane to me that the, 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 uh, anyway, the hair stuff. The weave.
0: Stuff. Well, I'm not one to tell one what to do with their body. So go ahead and weave I'm it not up telling anybody what to what
1: do. do. I'm not telling one what to do, but you talk about how they're not in your face with certain things. They're in your face with some things.
0: So, no but see weave is weave is weave everybody does weave so i don't find that as like opulent i mean ridiculous in length perhaps but i don't find that as like really opulent so dc has this understated thing they don't really do big opulence like a, a houston what would or no, i'm Dallas. just saying when, when,
1: when, i'm just saying some of that barbie hair does not look understated to me that's all i'm saying
0: oh okay uh. no that's fine
1: okay that's all i'm saying so again the real housewives returned sunday december 6th uh um at 8 p.m eastern time and we want to thank bravo for reaching out and uh asking us to talk about the premiere but one thing i will say bravo 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 Okay, bra- bravo, bravo, except for, you know, wah, wah, because the whole point was, when they reached out to us and sent us the email, Tachi, asking us to talk about this, it was all under the guise of, there's a brand new housewife in town, and she's looking to stir the pot, and so let's discuss. And then we watched the episode they sent us, and just like, no
0: Nera, damn not one scene <laughs> no. with her
1: and None. so they do show her uh in the in the scenes from the upcoming episodes of the season next so time we...
0: on the real housewives of atlanta exactly
1: That's... so we get a glimpse of her but we don't actually get to see her in the in the actual uh, uh first episode of season 13 we so know. tachi so people can get a vague idea about who this woman is um, because apparently you have more of a vague idea about who she is than I do. Yeah. Could you please read the synopsis or the, uh, the I should not synopsis, synopsis the bio on the newest housewife moving to Atlanta?
0: Absolutely. For some reason, this is interesting. Um. So if you are familiar with the game, remember that show with uh, Tia Mowry Howard? Haud- H- yes. Right. So at one point, her boyfriend then fiancé, then for like two episodes, husband, be, was um,
1: <laughs> Two episodes.
0: <laughs> it was. It was like because then that's what they actually left the show, the whole bunch of stuff. So um, her husband slash boyfriend, whatever he is, was a football player for the San Diego whatever they were, that, whatever that football team was, a fictional one. And he was doing a music video with Drew Sedora who was actually a real singer, but she had a role on the show. So they ended up having like a little affair thingy. So this is who the new housewife is, Drew Sidora. So she is a singer, if you don't know who she is. She is coming to steal your man. Wow. (laughs) See, look, see, that's how rumors get started. Pay no mind, attention to Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) So... She's a television and film actress. She's a producer, entrepreneur, singer, and philanthropist. And she's from Chicago initially, and she made a name for herself through her music and many roles, including her record- recurring part on Disney's That's So Raven. Do I remember her on That's So Raven?
1: Wow, that's so shocking.
0: <laughs> anyway, she was Chantel, and her she was also in the game, as I mentioned, as... um. And she was also in Step Up. Oh, I can't stand these type of step movies. But anyway, she was in Step Up as Lucy Avila. And she was also in over additional, over 20 other additional films. She's passionate about giving back and supporting youth as she founded her charity organization Dream Makers in 2013 and it's a voc- she's a vocal crusader for young girls and women and that's what the charity is about basically. She's dedicated to advocating for women in need while also using her platform to entertain, transform, energize, and inspire. Drew joins the group as the newest housewife ready to make some waves and spice things up or make some weave and spice things up. Who said that? In addition to her career, Drew has a lot on her plate as a loving wife and mother to her three little ones damn three from getting ready to direct her first feature film to moving into her dream home this year is going to be a wild ride that's also she's
1: using her platform to steal your
0: man see here we go don't listen to it
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tachi. Now, now we know a little bit about the new housewife. Even though we couldn't really see her, in
0: but action. it's irrelevant at this point because we didn't see her in action.
1: Exactly. So let's talk about what we did see. Let's talk a little bit about the episode. So the episode begins with the housewives being interviewed about their time during with a uh, quarantine, and I was surprised at how real it got. Um, uh, them sharing their uh, feelings about being quarantined. Cynthia was quarantined in L.A. with her at the time fiance. And his children they even talked about the fact that like how uh, how strategic they had to be about their love making with her having to have her face buried under pillows trying to not make noise what when is the his, sound you know, yeah <laughs> with his like... adult daughters being like in the next room or whatever um so like don't they ever go on walks It's like yeah. yeah like get a puppy like go walk the puppy and then the moment they go walk the puppy it's just like it's get get let's get at it um so give people an excuse to leave um so just a thought <laughs> this little <laughs> tip so anyway and so, so that was interesting um let's see we, we uh cut we cut to kenya um uh dealing with a quarantine um having a hard time and i have to say C- uh not cynthia did i say cynthia i meant i meant kenya kenya is like an uber bitch and normally just like she's like i love to hate her but it was actually painful to hear you could just vis- visually and in her voice, you could hear how much pain she is in right now as her marriage is disintegrating. And um, it was hard to watch her, the, the portions with her, actually.
0: May, may I say something? May, may, I, may I? Yes. Thank you. So I, I concur. I think nobody wishes terrible marriages. And you could see from the last season How he just talked to her anyway, how he give a damn about the cameras being there. You can only be your inauthentic self for like two seconds before the real fool comes out and it came out swinging and she was, you know, trying to uphold and, you know, I think her real her thing was trying to be a wife. It didn't matter who. She just, remember, she wanted so badly to be married that she was with all these other guys that were so wrong for her because she was just looking to be that wife. And so now that she had it, she didn't want to let it go despite whatever treatment. So you feel badly, definitely for her in that sense. But then on the other side of this, you also have to watch how you treat other people. Now, that's not saying that you deserve to be talked to in a terrible way because of that, but- Look at how you talk to other people, make other people feel. She was, yeah, she is the ultimate of witches, okay? She is, the new movie, The Witches, she's the head witch. (laughs) So, (laughs) okay, she is very witchy, and it is, the way she's treated some people and started mess. And you could see that, but she never takes or or owns up to the responsibility of what she starts and she just moves it on and people allow her to do that. Well, it doesn't feel so good when the tables are turned and nice things are now not happening to you. Uh, Again, she's come from you know, some, some hard times or whatever, I guess in the D in Detroit and all of that. And I, I understand that. So I guess at the end of the day, you don't want to see a character or a cast member or whatever, go through hard times with marriages, because I know there are a lot of people that have been through tough times with marriages, but then that should also make you reflect to be a better person. Like I really thought she was going to become softer and nicer once she had her child. Oh, that just made it worse. So. Oh yeah, no, it didn't. But hopefully,
1: I was thinking the same thing. I was, I was surprised at one point. Um, she's uh, goes to see her a new attorney and uh, to talk, discuss, you know, options with who may soon be her ex husband and um, custody issues, and she gets really shaky and so the the uh the camera the camera guy leaves the room the cameras leave the room but they're still mic'd and so the attorney goes from being being you know uh counsel to just be like a big brother and he basically gets super real with her about like yeah. you know about the fact that a lot of women that he says like that are in positions of power whatever they're focused on their career and then they put all that focus on their marriage and especially you know to, what, what what they will put up with and he goes you need to be basically kind of like release yourself and candy ended up saying that to her later too it's like she keeps trying with this and you keep you keep putting things out there to some to someone these olive branch after olive branch and they never try to hand you an olive branch back let alone take the olive branch you're handing them into their hands it's time to pack it up it's time to end it absolutely
0: absolutely
1: one thing that was also interesting was her her gay bestie or her guesty, um, or uh, is that Brandon. what is that
0: what you say, guesty? <laughs> hey,
1: <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, you know, if, if they can people say can say dicti- digmatize, I can say uh, guesty. But Who anyway, uh, so, um, uh, Brandon was uh, back on the scene. Brandon was her her friend that we used to see on the show a lot back when yes. she first came on the show, and then yes. he was like gone. So I don't know if it had something to do with Nini because remember there was an incident at Nini's. Like I think it was a pajama party she had years ago yes where there was an incident where brandon got uh got physically uh in an altercation with i forget whose husband there was an altercation or whatever yes I remember. but anyway yes but he hasn't been on the show since and so he was on speakerphone so i don't know if we'll actually see him but i was kind of surprised i so like like were they still friends all this time or are they back friends because of COVID is uh, creating strange bed- bedfellows or what's going on with that but anyway the kenya's husband is just he came off so horribly it's one thing how horrible a person do you have to be that you can't hide like you're for your wife or how ugly you're going to treat her, even when there's cameras on you? When it's going to go out on national television, you think you could hold it together and not be a total ass to the mother of your child on television? But no, not if that's not- who you are wow he couldn't hold it together for a minute if that was the best if that's the best possible version of him how bad is it when there's no cameras is what i'm trying to say normally yes. you think, you know you know, how can you front of a camera all of a sudden you just kind of smile when somebody puts a camera in your face i don't know so the point is you try to put your best foot forward and so i'm saying if that's his best foot what is what footer what is foot is she getting when the cameras aren't rolling
0: well, this uh, bunioned-up, corned foot that he, that, well, that he put out has always been there. Has always been there. Her eyes were just covered up so she couldn't see the bunions and the corns. So he's always acted. that This is the thing. It is very rare that all of a sudden somebody turns into a complete orangutan, okay? Very, just a complete fool. Just acting a complete... It is very rare that people do that. It just means that this is how they always were you just chose to ignore it and again because she so badly wanted to be married i think she just chose to ignore those little things but these things were there under the look at his feet she was was (laughs) looking up instead of looking down that's the problem well i think that she also the whole thing was that her biological
1: clock was ticking and ticking loud and so i think that was a big part of it too she really wanted to be a mother
0: With anybody. See, but see, let me just say this. Ladies, don't simply because your biological clock is ticking. Just pick anybody out of the lineup because you want a baby. Now you are connected to him for life. Okay, because you all have a child together. So my thing is like there are plenty of wonderful children that need to want to be adopted and need to be adopted. You could have done, you know... Also, take it to the sperm bank.
1: Take it to the sperm sperm bank.
0: bank. Exactly, or find... You know, there are some people who have... Friends that are like, you know, well, okay, well, I really want to have a baby. If you are, if you are not married by such and such time, or they had, you know, or, you or know, you, you had asked, ask
1: your guestie, asked him for a, you could ask
0: of... your guestie, but you know, just because you're a guestie, that doesn't mean he doesn't want his own children.
1: Yeah, but but there, but but some guesties are cool with that. Some guesties aren't. So ask Damn. your guest doesn't mean he's gonna say yes, but you can still ask him. That's all. Exactly
0: I'm saying. because you do you want to have children with somebody that you would want to be connected with for the foreseeable future. Exactly. If you can't stand this individual, perhaps you should refrain from procreating with this individual. So,
1: mm-hmm. okay. So let's talk about uh, uh, how the housewives are handling COVID. Uh, when uh, some of their first scenes, I was surprised that one. Uh, Cynthia decides she's back in Atlanta. Her and her fiance have left LA. They're back in Atlanta at Lake Bailey, and Cynthia decides to invite uh over Marla and Candy. Marlo, 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 Uh, Marlo, Marlo, not Marla, (laughs) Marlo over uh like Mar uh, like the one I guess Mar
0: Marlo. That's Merlot. Merlow. But it's okay. yeah, close to Anyway, Marlowe,
1: Marlo, yeah. Marlo oh, I remember it that way. Um uh Merlot Mar, Mar- Wait, I, I, I can't remember her name. <laughs> Mar- Marlo. Marlowe There you Mer- go,
0: Marlowe.
1: Marlowe. So anyway, Marlowe, uh she invites over Marlowe and Candy over to uh have some uh some wine and some snacks. And what I love is Marlowe is always Marlowe. So when she shows up there, she shows up with with like a shield on, and she has and she has one of those thermal guns to take your temperature from across the like a, a block away. So she points at everybody's forehead, and she's like, "Okay, you're okay, you're okay." Then when she sits at the table, she has like, she pulls out her tape measure, yes. to make sure that everybody is six feet away from her. I'm like, I and so they're they they're they're hanging out on on uh, Cynthia's uh a uh, driveway um, having a, you know, cause they're out, they stay outside. They keep it outside. I'll give them credit for that much. They're outside. Even though some people seem to be like hugging that shouldn't be hugging during a pandemic. Also, what I was curious about is, um, what's her name uh kenya gets has a new nanny that she's just hired because she through the pandemic she's just it's just been her and her baby so she just recently had uh hired and this is taking place around in june is when this is being filmed and she gets a new nanny and then um cynthia has her personal assistant in her house um going over notes and stuff with her about wedding plans and everything so it just feels like these people are playing a little fast and loose if you ask me I, the I mean, there are too
0: many people together, although we know from from the rules set that everybody probably has had to been tested 10 million times. They're really limiting who is on, you know, set or who's there. Yeah. I, I know that they they have to stick to stringent rules because it is a, I'm sure it's also a SAG production. So they're com- coming on set to inspect and make sure that everything is copesthetic.
1: Okay, so let's talk about what's going on with Portia and how, uh, what she's been doing. Yes. Oh, oh, before we talk about Portia, we talk about one thing before I forget. Okay, at Cynthia's little get together, Cynthia decided to share her feelings, her thoughts, and her body with her friends. She was wearing this dress mm. that is strictly designed for like an, a your your album cover photo shoot if you're Nicki Minaj or something. Her girls just kept popping out throughout the whole like get together uh. over and over again. So I don't, is Cynthia exhibitionist or does she just don't understand how clothes work or how bodies work? <laughs> what? Or what? It,
0: it can't be it. it I'm, I would go with number one because she knows clothes and she knows bodies. I don't understand. So she it seems to me that she was missing some double sided tape or some things to keep things in place. They sell things to keep that kind of stuff in place.
1: Yeah, you can't wear a J-Lo dress to like your your afternoon get together with friends and think you're going to be walking around and handing trays and pouring drinks and not having stuff popping out constantly. And also what's crazy to me is that i guess because atlanta is so hot and humid that you can't feel when parts of your body are out so if i ever go to atlanta don't wear short pants because your testicles may be out you won't know i don't understand <laughs> Wait, but, how... but how
0: shorts are your shorts uh, <laughs> <Kevin, laughs> that that would be
1: happening <laughs> well my point is she seemed to be blissfully unaware when her breasts were just out and she gonna keep being told by people oh your your breasts are out oh no but oh. you no, you
0: can't feel that you may not know
1: okay you not not a breeze or any okay i just when things feel air that don't normally feel air you think that you would be like oh okay yeah I may, okay i don't understand how i guess things work again
0: well yeah you they, i could i could see how that can happen but you have to make sure you have on the right accoutrement to make sure that that's not happening so again double-sided tape again or just oh, wear have... an
1: actual dress don't don't wear some scarfs that are uh you know strategically placed over your breast haphazardly and if you inhale <laughs> then your breasts are out that is an actual
0: dress but it is a dress for that somebody. is not, not a dress not... Taji. <laughs> it is an actual dress no is what dress happened not made for no somebody Taji, that is it is, is not a Cynthia went to
1: a a, a a magic show, and as the, the magician was pulling the scarves out of the hat, she just grabbed it and put it on, thinking it was a dress.
0: The views expressed by Kevin are <laughs> necessarily the views of Chitachi Egwu. That is not the that is Please not a come dress. For Kevin,
1: okay, people, when you see the first episode of the season, watch it and then message us if you vote that that was not a dress. Now, I guess you could call it a skirt. It was it was an item of clothing.
0: But I would not call it a dress. It is a dress. It is just not a dress for her. That's the thing. Uh, It's not for her. All
1: right. So let's talk about, let's catch up with Portia and, um, or as Marlo calls her, portia luther king (laughs)
0: so So. (laughs) uh, you know uh, this is this is the thing that struck me about this the fact that candy said this that uh cynthia said this that there was this pride that they were expressing in what she was doing and for portia it doesn't feel put on and it feels like she has evolved maybe not in all ways but it feels like there's some evolution there because to go out And let's put it out there, you know, she's been protesting for uh, for Black Lives Matter, more specifically for Breonna Taylor. Um, And so they went to Kentucky. She actually got arrested in Kentucky. So the show was really taking the she was not integrated. She was not there with them, you know, talking to them. Porsche's yeah, they, we saw her at more
1: than one. We saw her. She went to. We we saw her at more than one protest. uh yes. through the course of the episode, which was really interesting. And you're very right, very interesting. She, and when she got arrested, she was actually in jail for 13 hours and um, before she and 87 other protesters were finally released.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I knew about this before it came out on the episode because, you know, it happens in real time. So we saw it. But it's like, you know, upon first look, Portia does not seem like the type of individual that is into protest and civil—I uh, don't like to say civil disobedience, but— um, Let's just say protest. She does not seem like she is into that type of thing because, you know, it's the Real Housewives. There's a lot of opulence. There's a lot of materialism. That Speaking of opulence, of we got. Let's
1: talk about the Louis Vuitton face mask she was wearing.
0: Okay, well, there's a little opulence there. I'm <laughs> like, how do you breathe? That just seems like super uncomfortable. I don't need to be uh, Louis Vuittoned up in the mask area. A plain surgical one will do for me.
1: You know what, um, um, uh, Cynthia could have used that to cover up her breasts. She could have used that mask.
0: She sure could have. Good answer. You know what? Don't take that idea. Kevin, start manufacturing. (laughs) 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 They will be nipple covers slash masks. So, you know, I I think that it shows an evolution because and they even showed this in in, as a clip. Okay, first, thank you for for even
1: bringing this up. I got to say the producers of this show can never stop being shady because where everybody was talking about how the evolution of Portia and how she really has gone out of her way to really educate herself on the history of the civil rights movement now as well as what is happening today when it comes to how uh black people are being treated the you know reality of 2020 and so they show the clip the very famous clip of her uh asking where the train tracks were and the train for the underground railroad i'm like did you show that clip again after showing this incredible evolution that what she's where she is now We, we can understand where she is now without seeing that clip for the 800th time
0: Well, it's just making them look like, you know, small for doing that, because it's like, come on, we already know that she was not uh, the most Well, versed in when it came to civil rights and um, racism and stuff. We already knew that. But the thing is, it feels like she has taken time to learn and understand. And of course, her grandfather is Hosea Williams, the great civil rights activist, uh, or was the great civil rights activist, Hosea Williams. But what I kind of feel like people are like, how are you related to Hosea Williams, his granddaughter, and you don't have any clue about these things? And I say it like this you know how you have PKs or preachers' kids that do all sorts of wrong, but their parents are like ministers and deep in the church. There's kind of like a, a separating of yourself from that because you're so involved in it all the time that it just sometimes becomes too much. So maybe it was just like, okay, I'm tired of hearing about this. I'm going to do Portia and do that. And she kind of separated herself from it. Now, there are a lot that don't, but Portia seemed to have...
1: Oh no! I absolutely get that part, but I'm sorry. the the idea that like didn't just just going to school didn't some of didn't you get a little something a little?
0: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but every not everybody but being knew. in the same room as books didn't some of it seep in or. Well, but I mean, but being in the same room uh, as a living civil rights legend—that should have seeped in, but it just didn't. So it is what it is. But it looks like she's trying to rectify and correct those things now. And she said this: that having a daughter is really, you know, really makes you look at things differently. Having children in general, being responsible for the upbringing of someone, whether it's your own children or whatever, it makes you look at things much differently it's quite different so now you have to ensure that there is a world for your child to grow up in you know this could have been your daughter your mother your sister so you see it personally now so i think that's where this is coming from so if it took that it's unfortunate but you know we always say that in with the death of all these people comes out of it such good so their deaths are not in vain. So you oh, see absolutely, it, yeah. and, and,
1: and also, like uh, Candy was even talking about like having a son has changed the way she views a lot of these things. Her like worrying about her little boy Ace being in the wrong place at the wrong time uh, is on her mind. And we also get a chance to see Candy uh, talking with Riley about her father Block, who apparently stopped paying child support like a decade ago. And Riley is about to go off to college, and Riley. Among much to her credit, basically told Candy that she needs to sue him for back child support.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, there has always been, she's had this resentment, let's call it, to her father Blockhead, excuse me, Block, for a while. So (laughs) uh, the fact that, you know, now when he would try, I remember that episode when he tried to come out and reach out and, uh, no witch, it's too late. You want to come and try and be daddy and all of this now? That's too late. And the whole thing is that wasn't ten years ago that um he and she stop he stopped playing paying ten years ago. So he was coming around and tried to the exactly. tried trying to have to a relationship. Exactly, try to have a relationship with. Her
1: exactly have a relationship with her without paying any paying any child support to uh her mother for her and also i feel like he was only reaching out to her to be on television it was like like you don't reach out if your child is on a reality show the time to reach out is not when they're filming because it feels so fake and i'm sure it felt fake to her that all of a sudden he shows up and is trying to like make amends with her without paying a nickel towards her education or anything
0: right and she's right uh, riley is very- Very astute. She was like, Well, he needs to pick up the tab for some of this. And why he was not a cheap school. I concur 100%. She Candy has been paying for her education all this time. Never mind that she has the money to do that. That's beyond the point. The point is you have a child, and it is your legal and ethical responsibility to see that they are well-educated and well-taken care of. And you have not, sir. So you don't deserve a relationship with her. I mean, that's up to her ultimately. But the way she feels, she's well-warranted. But you do need to pay for NYU, just saying. Yeah, he
1: owes over a hundred thousand dollars in back child support, and that will go. But, but according that'll to that'll pay for some books. Go ahead.
0: Exactly, but according to Candy is driving around in a Bentley. Now we don't. Oh, know. that that
1: part blew my mind. How do you how do you get into a Bentley or Bentleys? and not be paying anything towards your child not paying a nickel i don't care how much money the other parent has as long as that is half your child then you need to be fl- f- fitting of what's that word f- fitting flitting whatever paying <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: paying for half
1: <laughs> of, of what of the care and feeding of your child
0: it, absolutely and but it's not just you know him I've seen that happen a myriad of times, over and over and over, where uh, you know, you're know you enjoying the spoils of life, but it's somehow an imposition for you to cough up. Well, I can't pay that, but you can drive around in this. What kind of okay. rubbish?
1: All right, let's move on to, before we end the show, let's move on to another thing about the COVID I want to hear your take on. The whole thing with Cynthia um, and um, her husband, because of uh, COVID restrictions, only being able to have potentially 50 guests or even less okay. at their wedding because the the perfect wedding date they had chosen was 10 10 20 October 20. 10th uh, uh uh 20 uh 2020 and so the idea that her husband actually asked a really valid question he goes do you uh do you want a marriage or do you want a wedding because he was actually hurt that like well why is it because she was saying how maybe it's god's plan if we can't have because she wanted to have like over 250 you know guests like friends and family if she can't have them then we can't have a wedding and he was saying like we, we can get married now on our day that we chose and we can have a party and or have a another, another ceremony later and she was like no i feel like i deserve this because my last wedding i didn't feel like i actually had what i wanted people weren't really supporting and so i really want to have this so what did you think of that were you on uh, on her fiance's side or were you more seeing it through her 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 lenses no
0: i'm team i'm team mike all the way with this i think is selfish honestly if if it's the two of you and you're that's all you need for a marriage it's nice to have the uh, and one other person to witness right and an officiant uh it's nice to have all those other things and the wedding you felt like you didn't have what you wanted You had a televised wedding, maybe not to the person you wanted, but you had a huge televised wedding, a gorgeous gray dress, which I remember to this day, you had a whole bunch of guests. You did it up. So though it was not exact, okay, people were supportive. That's fine. So are you doing this for those people again? Or are you doing this to be married to your husband? In which case you don't need that big ceremony. All you need is a justice of the peace and your husband and the marriage license and a witness. That's to it. Me,
1: I agree. You know, it would be more to me more intimate and more beautiful just to have a wedding with just, you know, her, her child, him and his children. And they have they they get married somewhere like in a meadow or something with candles all around. And that's that. And then later when COVID's over, if they want to have a vow renewal or just like a big reception and have everybody there to celebrate them and their love or whatever, if they're still together then. Um <gasps> Oh, then do I, I
0: detect shade it's a little cold
1: what i don't what do you i don't mean, tachi really? how dare you accuse me of trying to get myself on the real house dudes of la no I, this i'm just being real oh. this is just who i am tachi mm. i can't hold back
0: as real as the weaves on patone <laughs> it's not my fault i
1: have an incredibly extravagant lifestyle and no filter Bravo, you can reach me at any time. But anyway...
0: (laughs) I can't with you, Kevin. Oh <laughs> but
1: anyway, no, I feel like, yeah, That, that the, the important thing is their commitment to each other, not the wedding. And so I, I don't know uh, how, uh, I think they ultimately do end up getting married and it and it probably is filmed or whatever. So I don't know how many people ended up getting COVID if it turned into a super spreader event or what, but I'm sure it'll be on the show later in the season. Um, so, oh, one thing I will say that we, uh, before we uh, end this, that they're in the scenes of what's coming up later in the season. There seems to be some kind of sex dungeon-themed party Yes, where, we some, where some stuff goes down uh, involving a couple of housewives, including a new housewife, and one of the housewives' friends, and it gets a little bit too real. All I could think is, you know what? If they want to let their freak flag fly, that's great. Go for it. And again, I'll probably do that when I'm on my show, but... What I'm saying is
0: <laughs> that makes you just yet made your attraction factor just go up for them. So.
1: <laughs> All I'm saying is this is in the middle of COVID, so the idea that they're having three slash four or five whatever ways people are getting dickmatized or whatever during the middle during COVID, come on.
0: Mm, yeah, that's um something you don't want to catch so can we
1: i know so i but i I. uh, sadly i have to say bravo i will be watching i'm not proud
0: (laughs) i will be watching
1: no that's going to be interesting Oh, my God. All right, Tachi. I can't believe we got to the end of another episode. Let's go ahead and, again, we want to th- thank uh, Peacock for reaching out to us to review uh, Saved by the Bell 2020. And we really want to thank Bravo again for reaching out to us, even though they didn't share any of real footage of the new housewife, which was the whole point of this, supposedly. But thank you, Bravo. We appreciate you. And we look forward to hearing from you when you slide into my DMs about the show I'm going to be
0: a part of lord have mercy
1: so tachi Uh, how can people
0: uh uh listen to our show other than how they're listening right now well (laughs) you you can't. i'm sorry you still got me with that uh pitch to bravo for your uh tachi i have no filter i can't help
1: it i just gotta be me i gotta be real and sometimes i spend a little bit over the top and maybe i might get
0: arrested for it one day who knows that's just how i roll You can hear us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Radio, iHeartRadio, wjmsradio.com on Tuesdays and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And of course, if you can't remember any of that, just go to tvchanneling.com and you can listen to past episodes. While you're on the other platforms, these podcast platforms, we would love it if you would subscribe if you would leave us a review, that would be wonderful and share, 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 and share alike. So Yeah, tell your friends and frenemies about the show. You don't have to like them. So <laughs> <laughs> they just have to have access to the internet. There you go. There you go. Very good, Kevin. So Kevin. Speaking of this, if if you all think that Kevin is delusional in his... uh, (laughs) (laughs) My quest for reality show fame? (laughs) Yes, in his quest for reality show fame on Bravo specifically. Where can you get at him or where can they get at you on social to let you know this?
1: All right. If you want to reach out to me, Bravo, or any other channel, I'm not above we... i'll I'll be on there i'll throw stuff at the learning channel i'll learn how to act a fool there too if i have to but anyway um so you can reach out to us on a variety of platforms facebook You can reach out to us on Instagram and my personal favorite, Twitter. We are TV channeling everywhere and we would love to hear from you. So if there's a show you'd like us to review, um, let us know. If there's something going on in pop culture, you want to hear our take on, we would love to take it on for you. Reach out
0: and follow us on all those platforms. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, We are, again, so appreciative of everybody's love and support and listening in this, our fourth year of doing podcasting on the TV channeling. We're so appreciative. So thank you once again because it's because of you that we do this. And so I think it is appropriate then to sign off in the way we always sign off. Bye from Tachi.
1: And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're talking about it and it's Ratchet, (laughs) no i'm sorry no if you're watching it and it's ratchet we'll be talking about it here on tv channel
0: or kevin will be trying to slide into the cast of that show cheers (laughs) i'm your favorite real house dude oh boy
1: bye